For our scripture reading, turn to the book of Ephesians. Start reading at the end of chapter 4 and read through the beginning of chapter 5. Start at chapter 4, verse 20. Chapter 4, verse 20. And then going through the first eight verses of chapter 5. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person, nor a covetous man who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. But no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So far we read from the Holy Scriptures this morning. And the text that we consider are the first two verses of chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children 
and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, we frequently hear the exhortation to love one another. We're familiar with the fact that our God calls us to love one another, to be tender-hearted, to be kind, to forgive one another think on how much we have been forgiven, to show mercy to one another. We frequently hear that. And it is important that as we hear that instruction, that we look to God, that we trust in him, and we go to him looking for the grace that we need to do as he commands. We don't just intellectually think, well, I'm familiar with this, I know this, I know I'm called to love, we're called to love one another, and then to go forth and not be showing that love in our daily life, not showing it in our speech. Because it can often happen that somebody hears an exhortation like this and very quickly is talking cruel to somebody else, or very quickly is walking by a certain person and is not going to talk with that person. It's very important that we hear this exhortation, that we be submissive to God, and that we look to God to the grace to do what we are called to do. We're familiar with the fact that we're surrounded by, by lawlessness, and there are many that just blatantly violate the, this commandment to show love to one another. That many speak very cruel words and are not kind, do not show humility. And we're raising children in the midst of such a time where our children grow up and see this as well. And we're exhorted to teach them to show love to one another to show love right in our home. Show love in the way that they treat their brothers and sisters, if they have brothers and sisters. To show love in the way they talk to their parents. And we're not only to give them that instruction, but we're also to show them by our example that we are followers of God, who is our Father that we and our children are children of God and we are to imitate our Father. And that's what this text speaks of. Be ye followers of God. Now the term there, translated followers, is from a Greek word that we get our word mimic from. And it has the idea of imitating that we are to be imitators of God, who is our Father. 
We are his children whom he loves. We will see our children mimic others and sometimes do things that they ought not following examples they've seen of others. And then we are to point out to them the one we are to follow, the one we are to mimic, the one we're to imitate. The one we are to imitate is God. God is our Father. And what specifically is mentioned in this text is that we are to show forth our thankfulness to him in the way we love one another, in the way we are kind with one another. That's why we read the end of chapter 4, too, because you see how the beginning of chapter 5 goes with the end of chapter 4 that talks about let bitterness and wrath and anger and so on be put away from you. Be kind, be ye followers of God as dear children. We consider this passage under the theme imitating God as, as dear children. We consider first of all imitating our Father, secondly walking in love, and thirdly, rearing his children. First, as far as imitating, we're familiar with the fact that young children often do imitate what they see. There are times when we may see them doing something and we wonder where did they find, where did they learn that? They must have heard that somewhere, and they're copying that which they, have, which they have heard. We also recognize as we grow older how, many, how there are many ways in which we are similar to our parents. Sometimes we're struck by that, that as we become an adult, and if we get, say we get married and have children of our own, that as time goes on, there's often times when we recognize that we say something, that we do something so similar to the way that our parents would have said it or, or have done it. We recognize we've learned much from our parents. They've had quite an influence upon us. Christ spoke about those who do what their father does. Jesus spoke about those who are children of God. And he spoke about those who are children of the devil. And we're familiar with that. In John chapter 8, we've looked at that a number of different times. We look at that passage in connection with the teaching that only God's people bear the image of God. Only the elect bear the image of God, those that are regenerated. We bear the image of our Heavenly Father. The unbeliever, they're referred to as children of the, of the devil. And Jesus spoke to some and referred to them as doing the deeds of their father. It is interesting in that connection that when Jesus was talking to a number of unbelievers that were opposing him, and they said, you know what, they said, Abraham is our father. 
And he said, well, if Abraham is your father, ye would do the works of Abraham. So there's this idea of you do the works of your father. If Abraham really is your father, then you would do the works of Abraham. But now you're seeking to kill me. This did not Abraham. And then he says, you do the deeds of your father. And then when they say, God is our father, he responds, if God were your father, ye would love me. So he makes a specific reference to loving Loving Christ. If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. And so on. God assures us, he tells us, he tells our children. That we are his children. That we hear and our children are instructed about the, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. The children of God, the children of the devil. And that some have been unconditionally chosen. It wasn't, that, it wasn't conditional. Unconditionally chosen. Some were given to Christ. Christ laid down his life for them. And the Spirit works in God's elect people. He regenerates them. They have a new heart. They are children of God. And when we baptize our children, we talk about how God is the father of us and our children. That he has adopted us. He's made an everlasting covenant with us. He's adopted us. We are his children and we shall be his children. And we are to imitate our father. We're to see what what our father says and we are to imitate him. Now, when we have the commandments, when God gives us the commandments, we see that the commandments he has given us, what he tells us to do, is not arbitrary. It's related to God himself, who's the one telling us what to do. We're called to follow him. We are called to imitate him. And then when he tells us what we are called to do and what we are not to do, that that's related to God himself and his wondrous works. God is faithful. We're not to commit adultery. God is faithful. God is love. We are to love one another. And God forbids, says, thou shalt not kill. And we talk about how that speaks of how we're to put away sinful anger and hatred. God is love, and we are called to imitate him. God always speaks the truth, and we're told that we are not to bear false witness. It is good for us to see the relationship between what we're called to do and what we're told not to do and what God himself does and his perfection. When we are told to imitate him, and when we look at passages where there's a reference to that, we see references to how we are to be holy, 
for our God is holy. And in the section that follows the text we consider, when it talks about fornication, all uncleanness, let it not be once named among you. God is holy. He sanctifies us. We are sanctified in Christ, members of his church. We are holy. Our children are holy. And we're to show forth our thankfulness in walking a holy life. Our God is holy. Be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. That's 1 Peter chapter 1. Repeatedly, we see mentioned the subject that's in this passage that we're to love. God is love, and we are to imitate Him. God has shown us His love in giving. He gave his only begotten son. So that teaches us about love. His only begotten son, whom he loves. We see his love for us. He gave his son. He shows us love, he forgives us. When he's commanding us to forgive, We are constantly directed to think about how God has forgiven us. As we are commanded to show mercy, we're continuing to be directed to the fact of the mercy that God has shown us. Remember, we are told, remember the mercy that God has shown to you. Remember how he has forgiven you. He has washed you. He has cleansed you. Forgive others. Show mercy. Be compassionate. Be kind. Repeatedly, we are told that. And then there is also the reference to imitating Christ. In this passage, we have both referred to. Specifically, the word followers is, is listed when talking about being followers of God. But then when it says in the next verse, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, then our mind is being directed to the love of Christ. And we recognize, of course, that Christ is God. He is the Son of God in human flesh. And when we are considering Christ and his example, we're repeatedly told to remember how Christ has shown us his love for us in laying down his life for us. And again, that's another, it's another, that's something that we hear repeatedly. 
We know that. And yet how important it is for us to remember it. In Ephesians 5, when it goes a little farther down, it talks about husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And whenever a a husband finds himself getting bitter towards his wife, how important it is to be directed back to that. Back to passages that say, be not, be not bitter against her. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You see how loving is shown in in giving. Christ is one that's set forth as an example so that we are to imitate our Father. And when we are imitating Christ, we are imitating the Father. Christ spoke of himself doing what his Father does. We are called to imitate our Father, to imitate our Lord, who laid down his life for us. There's many passages that speak about Christ as an example. That he humbled himself. Think of how we're inclined to be proud and how that often goes with sinful anger. Pride often goes with that sinful anger. And we see how Christ humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Romans 15 speaks about how he didn't please himself, how we're so inclined to try to please ourselves, put ourselves before others. Christ, it speaks in Romans 15 about how he didn't please himself. He's given as an example of one who suffered for doing what was right, and we are to suffer patiently when we're doing, for doing what's right, and we're not to return evil for evil. We're to commit ourselves to God. Christ offered that one perfect sacrifice. He gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We're to remember Christ's perfect sacrifice. He has reconciled us to God. He has satisfied God's justice. And we're to show our thankfulness to him in walking, walking in love, willingly, willingly living unto our Lord, loving one another. So that again, we don't just hear this, but that we 
are submissive to our God. You know, in Paul's letters, as Paul wrote letters and went to different churches and wrote letters to these churches, certainly one of the things that would have come up a number of times is that people would hear the gospel preached. They'd hear about forgiveness in Christ and the washing away of the sins. They'd hear the gospel. They'd hear that the Messiah came, that he suffered and died for his people, that he rose again from the dead, that he ascended into heaven, and he pours out his spirit, and that he's coming again, and that there's forgiveness. There's the forgiveness of sins, and that there would be those that would come, they would confess their sins, they would confess their faith in Christ, and they would be baptized. But then as time went on, they'd continue to live the way they lived before. And in the letters that Paul would write, he would exhort them, you're not to live as you did before. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But we're to see how that applies not just simply to somebody who has come later in life to understand the, the truth of the gospel and turns from you know, and makes confession of their sin and confession of their faith in Christ, so on. But we recognize that it's true of us, it's true of our children, that we are constantly exhorted. Now we are to go forth and show our thankfulness, our gratitude, our gratitude to God. And centrally, what we're commanded to do is to love. To show our love for God, showing our love for one another. That manifests a real love for the truth. We are to show our love for the truth, for our insistence that we hold to the teachings that our Lord taught. We are to stress that. We are to walk in humility as we give instruction to others about that, we're to see we ourselves can learn and need to learn. But insofar as we are convinced that what, of what the scriptures teach, the principles that we officially confess, we hold to them. We don't compromise in that area. And yet we show our love for the truth. We show that, we really, that we're not just intellectually maintaining it and saying this is right and these teachings are wrong, but we show that we love the truth. We show our love for God going forth and loving one another and being forgiving, being kind to one another showing our esteem of one another and the way we speak to one another, promoting the neighbor's honor. We're to love even our enemies. And we're familiar with the fact that when God commands us, when God calls us to love our enemies, 
there is a reference specifically to us being God's children. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. That it makes a specific reference to us as children, imitating our Father. When we come to the Lord's Supper, and we have, we, we read the you know, preparatory. We talk about the three parts of self-examination. The last one we make a reference to examining our conscience, whether we're purposing to show true thankfulness to God in our whole life. And in that connection, it makes a reference to us being firmly resolved to walk in true love and peace with our neighbor. Resolved? Firmly resolved. So that we're not simply saying, I, I know we're called to, but we're to examine our conscience whether we're purposing to show true thankfulness, whether we're resolved, firmly resolved, <coughs> to walk in true love and peace with our neighbor. The context speaks about bitterness and wrath that's the opposite we're to show mercy and kindness we desire others to bear bear with us and we're thankful that others bear with our weaknesses and infirmities when it talks about anger it makes a specific reference to the danger of giving place to the devil. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. The subject of the spiritual the battle, putting on the, the spiritual battle and putting on the whole armor of God that we made to stand against the wiles of the devil, that, that comes up in chapter 6. Here it already makes a reference to the devil and says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Which also stresses the great importance of us putting away sin. Let bitterness and anger, evil speaking, put away from you with all malice. Covetousness and uncleanness. You think of how one who is fornicating is thinking about what they want. 
selfishly, carnally, sinfully. They know, they see what they want, what they lust after, and they're going to go after it. Even though they're sin, you know, with their, the sin they commit also with regard to this, they're sinning themselves and what they're doing to somebody else. When somebody else is involved. How that's the opposite of showing love. You think of what has been done to various people when they've been sinned against. In the realm of fornication, sexual uncleanness. That isn't showing that isn't showing love. And we're to show genuine love to one another. We're not to tolerate even the beginning. All uncleanness is a curse of God, as we say in in Lord's Day 41. So the God tells us what we are to do, and it also in the context, there's the opposite clearly set forth. What we must flee from. We're to imitate our, our Father. And if someone might say, you know, imitate God, how can we imitate God? God, imitate God. Well, God's perfect. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. And we're sinners. Well, it is the case that the unbeliever, when you look at it from the viewpoint of the unbeliever, the unbeliever cannot, he cannot do what God calls him to do. We who are believers still have a depraved nature. We still do. We have a new heart. We have a depraved nature against which we have to battle. We're prone by nature to hate God. That will be the case till we die. So it is true that we're prone by nature to do the opposite. But we also confess that it really is true that we are God's children and that we do have in our new heart, speaking of our new heart, we do love God. And as our creeds say, we begin to live, begin. We have a small beginning of the new obedience. We begin to live, not only according to some, but all the commandments. We begin to. We, we aim, our goal is to do what God calls us to do. Though we know we're going to fall far short of the mark, and that even our best works are defiled, we do love God, and we hear our Father calling us to imitate him in showing love to others. Our Father is God. God is love. He's shown us his love. We are his children. We bear his image. 
we and our children bear the image of God. And we're to show our thankfulness walking in love. And that's then to be evident in our homes. But certainly when we talk about rearing our children who are God's children, when it says, be therefore followers of God as dear or beloved children, that's not only talking to us as adults, but also to our children. We confess that. They also are dear children, beloved children. They are God's children, sinners by nature, children of God. Not all of them head for head. We make that quite clear. We, the scriptures, do not teach that all of our children, our blood descendants, head for head are children of God. We know that. We confess that. But we speak to our children and about our children. We address them as believers throughout their life, even as we address one another as believers, though we know in the church institute are there sometimes unbelievers in the church institute? Yes, we know that. We address one another as believers, and we do that to our children as well. And our children are taught that at a young age, that we make that clear. We address them as believers, as, as children of God. Even as this letter to the Ephesians, says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. And there's other places, and we've looked at that in other places too. Well, right in verse 8. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That even though everybody that hears the letter read, hears it with the ears of the body, not all of them head for head are going to be really children of light. And yet the scriptures are, you know, we preach the word and we read here of the word of God being addressed to God's elect people. And that his covenant is with us and with our children. And we're to show our children the love of God. We're to show them by bringing this subject up from the scriptures repeatedly to mention, to bring out, to stress God's love for them. Christ's love for them. As they are set forth here in this text. Explaining what was read this, this morning when we had the baptism form. The doctrines that are set forth there concerning God's covenant and his love for us and Christ's death for us and the work of the Spirit within us. Repeatedly, there's a reference to God the Father, Christ, the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. And that we're to speak to our children about the love of God. But then we're also to show in our life, 
that we're following God so that we're not only exhorting our children to imitate God, but that we ourselves are imitating God. Paul said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. That's what we're to say. Be ye followers of me. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1. Even as I also am of Christ. But he makes clear that what he's saying is, I'm following Christ. Somebody that would follow me when I'm following Christ is going to be following Christ. Or to look at it from the viewpoint of verse 1 of Ephesians 5, I'm following God, so if somebody is following me who is following God, they also will be following God. The one we're following is God. Christ. We're to set forth an an example. And specifically, in our loving. In the way that the husband and the father shows his love for his wife and his love for his children and is kind in his dealings with them. And also when he disciplines, that we fathers are to discipline and show kindness. And when we, if we lose our temper, and if we say things that we shouldn't have said, it's good when we, apo- when we apologize for things that we've said, or that the way we dealt with something, maybe something came up and was upsetting to us, and maybe the way we spoke, we recognized we were, we were too harsh. Or maybe we're quick to find fault with somebody before we really know the facts, only to find out, well, that's not what happened, Dad. And then we say, oh, well, I, I thought, and then we uh, spoke, was finding fault before I really knew what was going on. Well, then it's good to ap- apologize. We ourselves are sinners, thankful for God forgiving us. And we are to be kind, gentle, tender-hearted, forgiving our children when our children tell us they're sorry, that we express to them that we forgive them. We talk to them about how God forgives them. We go to, we, we together confess our sins. And together are comforted by the truth of the gospel. And the mother, the wife and the mother in the home, it should be evident to, to the children that their mother loves their father and is submissive. 
and shows her thankfulness to God, loving the husband that God has given her. And showing that in her speech to her husband and about her husband. Same thing with the husband towards the wife. And towards the children. Showing love to them. Teaching them by one's example. Now we all recognize that there's times when we haven't been the example we should be. And that's that's true of all of us. And then we with our then we also are constantly going to God asking for forgiveness and asking for the grace to show our gratitude, loving one another and being patient. Being patient, perhaps, with a child that's repeatedly doing something that he or she ought not. Because it can be difficult when we have a child that's doing something that he or she ought not again and again. And for us to continue to deal with that rightly. We're to look to God for the grace to do that. To warn about the ways of sin and to discipline. There is to be godly discipline in the whole. The scriptures speak of that and we follow that. Our heavenly father chastens us. In love, he chastens us. He chastens, he chastens us and, and we are to imitate how God chastens us in love so we are to discipline our children in love and it's to be evident to our children that it is we're to give of ourselves walk in love as christ hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to god we're to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice of thankfulness to God we are God's dear children and when we talk to another child of God another member of the body of Christ whether it's our own children or whether it's those outside the home how good it is for us to keep remembering we are talking to one of God's dear children. Oh, when we're talking about someone, we're talking about one of God's dear, beloved children. And may we show forth our gratitude to our God, loving those whom he loves thankful for the compassion he has shown us. May we and our children live unto our God, having fellowship. And that's what the covenant is. Fellowship. Loving fellowship 
communion. May our communion be to his honor in our homes, in our marriages, in the church of Jesus Christ. May the Lord grant us that grace. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, our God and our Father, Thou who art the Holy One, Thou who hast shown us Thy great love for us, Lord, we hear what Thou dost call us to do. We confess, O Lord, there's many times that we don't, and we're prone by nature not to. Lord, forgive us. And Lord, grant us grace to show our thankfulness to Thee. We do love Thee. And we are thankful for the love that is shown between God's people, which we confess is Thy work. We do experience the communion of the saints. And we know our brothers and sisters really do love us, and we really do love them. Thou hast worked in us and our children that we do have a genuine love. Grant us the grace, O Lord, to heed what Thou dost call us to do, to remember Thy love for us, to remember the sacrifice of our Lord, and to go forth trusting in Thee, showing our, our love for Thee, loving Thy dear children. Grant this grace to us, grant it to our children, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen.